Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about season nine, episode 11, called Firstborn. So we start out in Jasper Springs, Mississippi. It is 1863. A Confederate soldier rides up to a cabin on a horse and quickly jumps off and ties it to a rail. He busts into the cabin and there are two other soldiers inside who are guarding a closed door. So the uh, horse riding soldier says, he's coming, stand your ground, no matter what happens. The night must be protected. And then the room starts shaking and the curtains start blowing around. (laughs) 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 All very windy in there. And then um, suddenly all three of the soldiers' eyes turn black. And they turn around to see a man in the doorway um, uh, who looks like a fucking badass. I think now's the time to talk about what a badass Tim Odmanson is. So yeah, you, I, was, I was like, you're not saying anything. Do you not agree? Like, oh no. Oh no, 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 you're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Okay. So the man grabs the first soldier's face and his eyes and mouth burn out. Um, the other two demon soldiers shoot the man, but it does nothing. Uh, suddenly we see the cabin from the outside and the windows all glow and the same kind of burning red light. And then we are back inside. The man steps over the bodies of the dead demons on the floor. We see him holding a large jawbone uh, that's been made into a knife. And he kicks in the door to the guarded room. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to uh, a bar. Dean with, uh, he's got some face scruff I just wanted to bring up that I'm cool with. <laughs> yeah. Dean I is like, entering. I like Dean with scruff. Yeah, he's entering his scruffy face stage, um, which I think is supposed to show, like, some sort of emotion, but um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so he's sitting at the bar, and he watches a pretty waitress kind of strut by, and they smile at each other, and then suddenly Crowley is sitting at the stool next to Dean. Crowley says, so, is that boudoir? I can't say that word. Did I say it right? Boudoir? 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 Sure, that word. Is that what you're talking? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I can't see the word in front of you. So I, have no, like, I think you said it. He says okay. basically, is that smile for me? <laughs> um, Dean turns to him and draws out the demon knife from his jacket. Crowley says, at least buy me a drink first. Dean says, I said the next time I see you. Crowley says, yes, dead. Rings a bell. But let's not dwell on the past, shall we? This bar is a bust. (laughs) He says, that waitress is trouble with a capital VD. (laughs) And your prey, (laughs) Kadriel, has left the building. So it's time to move on to more pressing matters, like destroying Abaddon. Dean says, yeah, good luck with that. The Knights of Hell aren't... Okay. (laughs) The Knights of Hell aren't exactly the dying kind. Crowley says, but there is something that can kill a knight. The weapon that the archangels used to execute them. The first blade. Dean says, never heard of it. Can I kill you now? Crowley says, I've been chasing that blade for decades. The closest I got to it was when one of my droogs, Smitty, got wind of a protege demon of Abaddon's who claimed knowledge of the blade. 
Sadly, before Smitty could nab the guy, a hunter by the name of John Winchester nabbed the protege. I'm here to see if there's anything in the John Winchester Memorial Library that might lead us to the first blade, to killing Abaddon. Dean says, you want to hunt with me? Crowley says, I do love a good buddy comedy. Dean rolls his eyes. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Crowley is just so charming. Even when he's, you know, know, he's got, he's just witty, you know? Yeah, I just, I like him. So Dean rolls his eyes and reluctantly takes out John's journal uh, from his jacket and puts it on the table. He pages through it until he finds something. Dean says, oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, he picked up a protege who had bones with Abaddon, but that's all it says in here. Crowley says, what do those numbers in the margins mean? Crowley reaches for the journal, but Dean like slides it away and says, none of your business. Crowley says, you're going to play hard to get. We have time for a montage. (laughs) Dean says, it's a code. One of my dad's storage lockers. He may put something about the case there. Crowley says, and what does the T next to the numbers mean? Dean says, not a clue. Crowley says, fine. Let's go find daddy's man cave then, shall we? Dean says, and how do I know this isn't a trap? Crowley says, you don't. That's what makes it fun. And then Crowley gives Dean a happy grin and heads out for the door. Dean slowly follows. So the camera then kind of pans to the man who is sitting close to them at the bar uh, on Crowley's side. He watches them leave and his eyes turn black. And then he follows them out of the door. So we cut to He's inside. up to no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Crowley, I can't remember <laughs> if I, like Crowley noticed. I watched this episode a couple times because I think I anticipated uh, recording this episode a couple times and then we didn't. <laughs> so I've had to rewatch it a few times. Oh, yeah. And uh, I feel like I keep looking for that. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Inside the bunker. I mean, like, um, I know what it tells you I know you what happens, but like, I feel like, yeah, and it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's too spoilery to get yeah, into. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. So um, in the bunker, we get a close-up of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, Cass goes to take a bite of it, and then the door opens from above him. Um, Cass, clearly not enjoying the sandwich, um, says, hmm. Sam walks down the stairs and says, hey. Cass says, tastes like molecules. Sam says, what? What are you talking about? Cass says, when I was human, you know. I had to eat constantly. It was kind of annoying. Sam says, yeah, a lot of human things are pretty annoying. Cass says, but I enjoyed the taste of food, particularly peanut butter with grape jelly, not jam. Jam I found unsettling. Uh, Sam sits down at the table next to Cass and says, so what? Now you can't taste PB&J? Cass says, no, I taste every molecule. Sam says, not the sum of its parts, huh? Cass says, it's overwhelming. It's disgusting. And then he looks longingly at the sandwich and says, I miss you, PB&J. He stands up and says, we need to continue your healing. We're almost done. So Cass puts two fingers on Sam's forehead and the healing begins. But then he looks a little concerned. He zapped him. Yep. Sam says, what? Cass uh, unconvincingly says, Nothing. Uh, Sam slaps his hand away and says, you're a terrible liar. Cass says, that is not true. I once deceived and betrayed both you and your brother. Sam says, 
okay, that's not the point. <laughs> that's not something to brag about, bro. Know. You know, like, like okay. Uh-huh. Buddy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was cute, though. I mean, it was cute. Cass says, yeah. Uh, Sam says, Cass, what's wrong? Cass says, I noticed something. It's, uh, it's resonating inside you. Sam says, what? Cass says, something angelic. Sam says, okay, uh, what the hell does that mean? Cass says, maybe we should call Dean. Sam moves away and sits on a chair. He says, no, he wanted to go and he's gone. We'll handle this. So we cut to... Oh, uh, stay. <laughs> I know, come on, call your brother. He's grown scruff because he misses you. Like, come on. <laughs> So we cut to Maisie in the background. I don't know if you just heard that. She's just like, oh, <laughs> she's like, stop talking about Jensen Ackles' scruffy face. Okay. Jeez. Seems like good type. Well, I mean, she can't hear you. <laughs> uh, that's true. I don't know. Dogs can hear better than we can. You never know. That's true. She might actually be here. <laughs> Hi, Maisie. Okay. So we cut to one of uh, John's storage lockers. Dean and Crowley walk in. Dean takes a hood off of Crowley's head. Crowley says, is all this really necessary? I mean, I mean, I've been inside your brother. We're practically family. <laughs> you okay. I know, I'm going to giggle. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dean, gets all, <laughs> Dean gets all pissy pants, and he grabs Crowley and slams him against some shelves. He says, listen to me. We are the furthest thing from family. You got that dick bag? Crowley says, oh, yeah. Dean says, now, you want to hunt? Let's hunt. And then Dean opens a small gate and um sorry, my phone did a weird thing and I got I got lost. Okay. Um Dean opens a small gate in the storage locker and walks through. Uh Crowley goes to follow but realizes that the entrance is guarded by a devil's trap. He rolls his eyes. Crowley says, I'll just be right here. And then he looks around at all the items on the shelves and in boxes as Dean looks through some case folders. Crowley says, so, what do you call this decor, anyway? Rustic obsessive? Paranoid deco? Crowley picks up and opens a jar and sniffs it, which, I mean, what are you doing? And then he looks gross out and puts it back. Dean says, here we go. And he pulls out a file and starts to read. He says, it looks like my dad was working with another hunter when he nabbed Abaddon's pet. And then he holds up a picture of a woman. Crowley says, I guess the T didn't stand for terrible father. It stood for, and Dean says, Tara. Doesn't ring a bell. He continues to read the file and says, all right, it looks like they interrogated the demon. Then they exercised him, but not before he mentioned the first blade. Crowley very smugly says, I love it when I'm right. Dean says, yeah, well, (laughs) the rest of the file is empty, genius. Crowley says, what? Didn't they teach note taking at Hunter's Hogwarts? Dean says, let's go see if Tara's still kicking. So we cut to Sam and Cass in the bunker doing some research. Cass says, I found, well, something. It's a detail about when angels leave their vessels, I think. It's uh, Enochian, which can be a bit flowery. And then he reads out loud, and the departed shall remain, and the remains shall be the departed. Sam says, okay, so when an angel leaves a vessel, they leave behind a piece of themselves. Like a like an angelic fingerprint. Cass says, whatever you want to call it, this piece of the departed contains grace. Sam says, wait, you're saying there's angelic grace inside of me? Cass says, yes, but it's fading each time I heal you. Sam says, okay, is that good or bad? 
Cass says, well, it's harmless, but the grace itself might be helpful. Cass puts down the book and picks up a file titled On the Inner Workings of Angels. He says, according to this, we may be able to use the grace that remains inside you to track Gedriel if we can extract it. Sam says, how would we do that? Cass says, well, painfully. And then he holds up a picture of a huge syringe with like a four inch long needle. <laughs> Which doesn't. Doesn't look that well, good. <laughs> why, why does it need to be that long? Okay, okay. He says, uh, the men of letters believe that you could perform a tracking spell with extracted grace, but they were ne- never able to test the theory. Sam says, well, they didn't have a guinea pig, but we do. Cass looks up at him, very confused, and says, you have a guinea pig? Where? <laughs> He's very excited about the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sam stares at him for a moment and then says, me, Cass, I'm the guinea pig. And Cass says, oh. And then Sam looks closer at the picture of the needle. Cass says, any idea where that is? So I cut back to Dean and Crowley walking into a pawn shop called Tara's. Uh, There's a lady there. She looks like she's in her 50s. Uh, she's leaning on the counter reading a comic book, which is, uh, well, it's a graphic novel, really, and it is Lock and Key by Joe Hill, which I just want to say is an amazing graphic novel. They have made it into a show on Netflix, which you may have come across. Um, but Joe Hill is Stephen King's son and blah, 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 blah. It's a really, really amazing show and graphic novel. Everyone should watch it and look at it. Okay. That was my point. heard of that. It's so cool. It's such a cool premise. The graphic novel is way darker than the show is. And I think that is probably because the show is mostly about children. I mean, like high school age and younger. But as dark as the graphic novel goes, you can't really probably do that with child actors. So (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, it's really fucked up, but it's really cool. Yeah. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would like it. You would like. Yeah, it's good. Okay. So um, Tara looks up at them when they walk into her shop. Dean says, Tara? Tara says, that's what the sign says. Can I help you? Dean says, yeah, hope so. Uh, John Winchester ring a bell? I'm his son. Tara says, you Sam or Dean? Dean says, Dean. And suddenly uh, behind the counter, Tara kind of winces and grabs at her right knee. Uh, Tara says, well, didn't you grow up pretty? Still in the family business? Dean says, yeah, born and raised. Listen, a bunch of years back, you worked a job with my dad. Well, me and my uh, associate here. But Justin Tara raises a shotgun and names it at Dean and Crowley. She says, ever since 92, I get a painful little tickle in what's left of my knee whenever a demon is around. Crowley says, Hunter's so trusting. I'll go grab a latte while you get this sorted. Crowley steps his fingers to disappear, but nothing happens. Tara says, devil's trap under the knockoff Persian jackasses. Dean moves the rug that he's standing on with his boot to reveal a red devil's trap under it. Dean says, Tara, listen, my uh, associate, Crowley says, friends, besties, actually. Dean says, not helping. Tara says, not caring. Crowley says, look, I'm the king of hell. He's a Winchester. There's a reason why we're working together. Tara says, yeah, it's called possession. And then Tara grabs a bottle of holy water and splashes it in Dean's face, which obviously does nothing except make Dean very annoyed. 
He's like, really? And now every time anybody gets splashed in the face with holy water, I'm like, Lib! <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We talked about that on, on We here, did, right? yeah. You just got splashed with yeah. lube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lube face. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dean says, see, I'm good, okay? Yes, you're right. He's a jackass, but he's helping me on this. Tara says, helping you with what? Dean says, you and my old man found a demon who knew something about the first blade. We need to find that blade. Tara says, well, hell, you are as handsome as John and as dumb, too, if you're looking for that old relic. <laughs> Dean says, we're hunting a night of hell. Tara says, why? They're all dead. Dean says, one came back, Abaddon. Uh, so Tara finds a file and lays it on the countertop. She says, the demon said the archangels used a weapon that could kill the knights of hell. We'd never heard of anything like the, uh, what did I write here? We never heard of anything like the knights of hell or a first blade. Your dad thought he was lying, trying to save himself. We took him out and we had a lovely weekend together. Uh, <laughs> Dean and Crowley look surprised and then pretty awkward. Well, Dean looks like, awkward. Crowley just oh. looks, you know, <laughs> amused. Just like, hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's let's be real. He's the king of hell. He's from way worse. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> way more awkward. I know. Uh, she says. Then we went our separate ways. But I can never let the blade go. Something like that could really give a hunter an edge, you know. I looked all over the world, destroyed my knee and my life, and all I found. And then she unlocks a wall safe and takes out a tray full of spell ingredients. She says a location spell for the blade that I could never finish. Couldn't find one ingredient. Essence of Kraken. Crowley says, Kraken? I got a warehouse full of Kraken essence in Belize. Break the mm -hmm. trap. I can be there and back before you say presto. Tara says, presto. Crowley says, I can help. Dean. Dean says, he wants Abaddon as dead as I do. Tara says, if your daddy could see you now. And Dean looks a little uncomfortable at that. I but, mean, yeah, but like, also, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. You know. <laughs> I know, right? I know. So Tara walks around the counter and pushes back the rug with her foot. She holds up her shotgun and shoots the, the devil's trap, which breaks the outer ring. And Crowley immediately disappears. Tara says, you know, even if that blade is real, it ain't worth being bosom buddies with the king of hell. Dean says, Abaddon? Way worse. I'll deal with Crowley after. Trust me. Tara says, you sound just like your dad when he said he'd call me. <laughs> uh -huh. Dean looks really awkward again But just then Crowley reappears Saving him from responding uh, Crowley holds up a small jar in his hand He says shall we So Dean and Tara mix a spell While Crowley watches very curiously A little too curiously If you ask me But that's fine No, he's a little too into this yeah, so they lay out a map of the United States on the counter, and Tara pours uh, the liquid spell all over it. Dean lights a match and drops it on the map. The map or the flames spread to the outside corners of the map and then quickly burn away all of the map except for the state of Missouri. A tiny spark lands in the middle of the state, uh, just northeast of Springfield, and Tara points to it. She says, Missouri, figures. I don't know why she said that, but okay. Crowley says, I, I don't know if she meant like middle of nowhere or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't really yeah. get it, but okay. I don't uh, know Missouri well enough to like know what's near Springfield. I mean, I've heard of this 
the city before, so I'm guessing it's not tiny, but I don't know. Yeah. 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 I know nothing, but okay. Crowley says to Tara, would you care to join us? Tara says, him? Anytime. You? Never. Dean says, thank you. Tara says, good luck, Dean. You're going to need it. Dean nods to her, and then they leave the pawn shop. Uh, We cut to the Impala driving up to a farmhouse. They park. Dean and Crowley get out. Crowley pauses as they walk towards the house. Crowley says, wait. Dean says, what? Crowley says, I'm feeling something. (laughs) Dean says, says, what? Cramps? I feel a disturbance in the force. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh Crowley says, I feel something dark. Dean says, what? Darker than you? (laughs) Crowley is about to respond when he notices a man in a beekeeper suit. Uh, tending some beehives over by the house. Crowley looks extremely clenched. <laughs> he says, oh, no. He puckers everything. Every single thing, yeah. <laughs> Crowley says, oh, no, we need to leave here now. Dean says, what, are you allergic to bees? Crowley says, that's not a beekeeper. That's the father of murder. Dean says, murder daddy. <laughs> it's, it's the murder daddy. Yes, we love him. <laughs> Dean says, sorry, who? Crowley says, it's Kane. Dean says, as in Cain and Abel? Crowley says, Dean, we need to be a world away from here, from him. <laughs> and then Crowley turns to leave and almost runs right into Cain, who has suddenly appeared behind him. Cain says, you're not going anywhere, Crowley. And I should mention here that Cain is the person from that, uh, the beginning of the episode in the flashback who, you know, killed those demons and went after Abaddon, right? Did I say yeah. all that right? Okay, yeah. That well, was I mean, we don't know what he went after yet but oh yeah. sorry i uh well <laughs> i mean i'm assuming that if they've listened they're listening to the episode <laughs> they've already watched the episode so that's true that, but. Okay. well sorry about the spoiler for five minutes from now okay yeah, uh, right. yeah. okay so um is doing something. okay uh we cut to a few moments later uh dean and crowley sit inside kane's house on his couch Dean is looking around the room and Crowley is staring at the floor like he's about to freak the fuck out. So he's like, I'm screwed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dean says to Crowley, why don't you just zap out of here? Crowley says, I'd never leave my domestic partner in crime. Dean says, yeah, like your heart's grew. And that does that make sense? Yeah. Like your heart grew three sizes. You can't zap out of here. Can you? Crowley says, Kane's doing something to me. (laughs) I'm not right. (laughs) (laughs) Dean says, well, it's not your day for getaways, is it? All right. So tell me about this Kane. Crowley says, well, after Kane killed Abel, he became a demon. Dean says, what do you mean became a demon? Crowley says, I mean, he became the deadliest demon to walk the face of the earth. Killed thousands. The best at being the worst. And then he just disappeared. Everyone thought he was dead, or at least hoped he was. Uh, then Kane comes in the room with a tea tray, and Crowley kind of cowers away from him. Kane says, do either of you keep bees? It's very relaxing. They're such noble creatures. And the honey? Well, I keep it right on the comb. And he sets the tray down on the coffee table and hands Crowley a cup. Crowley takes it, but his hands are shaking in fear. Um, so the teacup kind of <laughs> rattles, and Dean notices Kane says, there you are. And he hands Dean a cup of tea as well. Kane says, they're dying, you know. Without bees, mankind will cease to exist. So, what are the king of hell and a Winchester doing at my house? Dean says, you know who we are. Kane says, I'm retired. I'm not dead. 
What I don't know is why you're looking for me. More importantly, how you found me. Crowley says, extremely nervously, ah, that's a a funny story, really. Bit of a misunderstanding. We really should. Uh, But Cain motions with his hand, and Crowley is suddenly unable to speak. Crowley shushes him. I mean Cain, no, sorry. Cain shushes Crowley. Crowley uh, tries to make a sound, and some words sort of happen, but not really. And (laughs) Dean says, oh, you got to teach me how to do that. Like, please let me I shut know. him up. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Dean says, why are you here, Dean? Dean says, we're looking for a weapon the archangels use to kill the knights of hell. The first blade. We need it to kill a knight of hell. Abaddon. Cain absentmindedly... <laughs> I can say this word. Cain absentmindedly twirls up ring finger on his left finger. <laughs> That's on energy drinks. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Dean notices. He says, look, I get it. You're retired. We're not here to get between you and the demonic AARP. But it's bad out there. And I'm just looking to even the odds. Kane uh, says, one last time. How did you find me? Dean says, we did it. The location spell was for the blade. One time deal. Kane says, anyone else know you're here? Dean lies kind of badly and says, no. So we cut back to, I know, we cut back to Tara at her pawn shop. Uh, The stalker demon from the bar enters the pawn shop and Tara's knee kind of cracks painfully. The stalker demon says, excuse me, ma'am. I wonder if you might have seen some of my friends pass through here. Big guy, kind of funny ears. Uh, Tara glances at the floor at the exposed and busted devil's trap. Uh, she quickly grabs her shotgun and shoots the stalker demon right in the face. Uh, we cut back to Kane's house. Kane stands up and says, well, it's been a pleasure having company, but once a century is enough for me. You can let yourselves out. Dean follows after him and says, hey, listen, pal, we're not leaving here without the blade. Kane says, you have quite a reputation, Dean. I see the part about you being brave rings true. Dean says, well, what can I say? I'm an all-in kind of guy. Abaddon <laughs> is the last night of hell, and if you're out of the game, what the hell do you care if she dies? Kane says, if your friend here could talk, he would tell you that I trained the Knights of Hell. I built that entire de- demonic order with my own hands, Abaddon included. Dean turns angrily to Crowley and says, like, well, that oh, is... Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean says, well, that is information I could have used five minutes ago. Crowley kind of gasps and tries to explain, but is still unable to talk, so he says nothing. Kane says, well, here's something your friend doesn't know, that no one knows, in fact, outside of Abaddon. It wasn't the Archangels that slaughtered the knights. It was me. Dean says, why did you turn on your own? Kane says, once again, I admire your bravery, but if you'll excuse me, I have errands to run in town. Uh, He turns away from them and says, goodbye, Dean Winchester. Never return. So dramatic, Kane. Jeez. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to Crowley and Dean, who are now outside the house. Crowley says, well, that was lovely. Can we leave the country now? (laughs) Dean said, but you said the first blade was our only shot at killing Abaddon. This is the closest you've been to it. We're not leaving. Crowley says, will you listen to reason for once? Dean says, hey, he said he was going on into town. Awesome. We'll wait till he's gone. Come back. Bust in. Take what's ours. Got it? So we cut to the bunker. Uh, Sam and Cass are walking down the stairs into the main room. 
Cass says, Sam, may I ask you a question? Sam kind of jokingly says, you just did. Cass says, can I ask you another question? <laughs> Sam says, well, technically you, yeah, go ahead. What's up? <laughs> this oh is, he's like, I know the cycle will never end. <laughs> it will never end. Yeah. So they stop in the doorway to the hall and look at each other. Cass says, Sam, the trials. You chose not to go through with them for a reason, didn't you? You chose to live rather than to sacrifice yourself. You and Dean, you chose each other. Sam is like really not wanting to talk about it and says, yeah, I did. We did. And then Dean made a choice for me. Then Sam walks away off to the medical room and Cass follows. Cass says what Dean did. Sam says, it doesn't matter what Dean did. Look, I could have put a stop to all of this, Cass. I could have closed the gates of hell. Cass says, oh, Sam. Sam says, Dean's gone. Okay, this is on me now. And if I can find Gadriel, I can fix this. So Sam sets a box down on a table next to a gurney. He takes off his flannel shirt, leaving him just in a t-shirt. He says, now, being a human means settling your debts. Then Sam hands the box to, to Cass and sits down on the gurney. He says, let's start balancing the books. So Cass opens the box and we see the huge needle from the picture in the file in it. Uh, we cut back to, yeah, that's not going in me. Sorry. <laughs> and we cut to uh, Dean and Crowley creeping into Kane's house. Crowley whispers, this is by far the dumbest idea you've ever had. Dean says, yeah, well, it's early. Uh, Crowley like peeks into the front room and then backs away. He says, oh, there's nothing here. Shame. Let's go. Dean says, hey, sack up and start looking, okay? We don't have that much time. So Dean looks around the living room, and as he does, he notices a picture on the mantle. He picks it up and looks closer. It's a very old picture of a woman that says Colette on the bottom. Dean notices she is wearing a ring very similar to the ring that was on Kane's hand. So outside the house, we see the stalker demon drive up in a huge truck. Uh, he's on his cell phone. Into the phone, he says, you'll never believe what the Winchester and Crowley found. Send backup. Send everybody. Um, as he uh, pulls the phone away from his ear, we can see that his ear is actually missing. And most of the skin on his face uh, was blown away by Tara's shotgun. He does uh, not look good. <laughs> no, he does not. A soccer demon looks at his face in the mirror, and he actually looks pretty happy about it. Oh, no. Okay. So we cut to uh, in the medical room at the bunker. Sam is lying on the gurney, and Cass has the huge syringe needle ready to extract some angel grace. He slowly sticks the needle into the side of Sam's neck, right below his left ear. Sam kind of gasps in pain. Cass looks concerned and says, now comes the part that will actually hurt. <laughs> I'm going to begin the extraction. So Cass slowly pulls back on the needle plunger and the bottom of the syringe kind of fills with a tiny bit of angel grace. Sam is trying very hard to contain his shit. He says, is it working? <laughs> Cass says, and not like yeah. his actual shit. Oh, no. <laughs> but like, like his ability to handle his emotional pain. shit. <laughs> yes, yes, right. Um, <laughs> Sam says, is it working? Cass says, yeah. Sam says, but? Cass says, I need to push the needle in deeper. We need more grace in order to cast the spell. Sam says, okay, do it. Cass says, Sam, if I get too close to you, Sam says, damn it, Cass, just do it. So Cass slowly pushes the needle deeper and starts pulling back on the plunger again. 
Suddenly, Sam starts having flashbacks to images of when Gadriel was inside of him and then to some of the moments when he was performing the trials. Uh, Cass pulls out the needle. Sam says, what the hell is that? Cass says, your body is regressing to the state it was in before Gadriel. Sam says, do we have enough grace for the summoning spell? Cass says, Sam. Sam says, do we or not, Cass? Cass says, no. Sam says, then keep going. Cass looks very concerned and reluctant. Uh, we cut back to Kane's house. Dean and Crowley are still searching for the la- uh, for the first blade. I almost said the last blade. So what's that? <laughs> <laughs> the very last one to be made. Yep. Uh, Crowley, looking around, says, nothing. Not even porn. <laughs> Dean says, I think I figured out why he went off the reservation so many years ago. And he hands the picture of Colette to Crowley. Crowley says, lovely, little plain. Who is she? Dean says, Kane had a similar ring on. Father of murder got hitched. And then they look up as they hear all the doors in the house suddenly lock. Dean says, he's back. Come on. They try the front door, but it is not budging. Dean says, go. And then suddenly Kane appears behind them. He motions to the picture Crowley still holds in his hand. He says, that belongs to me. Crowley says, sorry, and he hands the picture of Colette back to Kane. Crowley says, gorgeous, by the way. And just then, headlights flash in through the windows from the driveway. So Dean walks to the window and pulls back the curtain. It is Stalker Demon with five more demons along for the showdown. Dean says, I don't suppose they're with you. Kane says, no. So Stalker Demon calls out to Dean from the trunk. The trunk? The truck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let me out here. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody? Not just you, Dean. Anybody, please. Okay. That reminds me. I don't know if I've told this before, but I just, you know, okay. Uh, My cousin once, uh, she got a car at some point in her, you know, new car getting days. And um, we. She, we'd had some conversation previously about like, you know, never wanting to be stuck in a trunk for obvious reasons. And um, so she showed me, like she opened her trunk and she's like, look, and you know, trunks have like a, you know, a release button on the inside right now. They do anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So like if you're stuck in the trunk, you can get out, right? And um, Mm -hmm. the picture that accompanied this, the instructional picture literally, you know, showed you like, hey, pull this. And then it showed, so it's like a stick figure basically an illustration mm-hmm. pulling this lever or whatever to open the trunk and then it shows the person climbing out of the trunk and then the next picture is like the stick figure speedily running away from the car <laughs> <laughs> which i just thought was hysterical you, you get out and then you <laughs> run you know? you run just run yeah i appreciate it but, yeah I appreciated that it just, you know, reminded you like, hey, if you're in the trunk, you probably need to run the fuck away once you get out. Yeah. Right? So, anyway, I like that. Okay. Okay. So, Stalker Demon is where on this page? Okay. He yells, I guess we can't wait any longer. Your friend Tara was very helpful. Got downright chatty after I peeled off her skin. We don't want any trouble, Kane. Just want the so-called king and the Winchester. I got a new master to impress, and I'm betting bagging those two will do just that dean turns to crowley and says master crowley says abaddon this lot all need to die i count dean says too many to kane he says 
the whammy you put on the doors that keeps us in. Will it keep them out? Kane says, for now. Dean says, I'm going to barricade the entrances. Get ready for a fight. Kane says, well, good luck with that. Dean says, what? Kane says, you exposed my home. You exposed me. Dean says, well, boo-hoo. Kane says, brave but impulsive. You truly have lived up to your reputation. Dean says, I can't say you've lived up to yours. Kane says, what can I say? I'm retired. If you survive, you're welcome to join me for one last meal. I will eat in this house before I disappear again. It's the least I can do. And then Kane sets his groceries on the table. And Dean and Crowley exchange a little what the fuck look. So we cut back to the medical room in the bunker. Cass is still extracting Angel Grace. And Sam is almost unconscious from the pain. Cass says, Sam, Sam, can't say uh, the guy on the table. Sam very weakly says, keep going. Cass says, why? Sam says, we have to find Gadriel. Cass starts to remove the needle from Sam's neck and says, no. Why must the Winchesters run towards death? Sam grabs a syringe in Cass's hand and stops him from removing it. Sam says, no, don't. Don't stop. Cass says, Sam, when I was human, I died. And that showed me that life is precious and must be protected at all costs. Even a life as, as pig-headed as a Winchester's. Sam says very softly, my life's not worth any more than anyone else's. Not yours or Dean's or Kevin's. Please, please help me do one thing right. Keep going. Cass hesitates and then pushes the needle in further. And Sam screams in pain. So we cut back to Kane's house. Dean is pushing furniture in front of all the doors. He looks at Crowley and says, all right, I got this. You take the front. So Crowley moves to the living room and closes the glass door uh, that kind of separates the rooms between them. Kane sits down at the table and starts to pull husks off the corn in front of him. Dean says, so this is your play? Corn? What am I not getting here? I mean, it's not like you're a coward. Kane says, since when does the great Dean Winchester ask for help? Well, that doesn't sound like the man I've read about on demon bathroom walls. Maybe you've lost a step. <laughs> Let's find out. He snaps his finger and the door and the fridge that was barricading it fly open and stalker demon and a girl demon rush inside. Uh, Kane snaps his fingers again and the door slams shut, cutting off the others outside uh, from getting in. Kane to the demon says, oh, don't mind me. And he motions to Dean and says, enjoy yourself. So Dean pulls the demon knife out of his jacket as a third demon crashes in through the glass window behind him. Uh, Dean turns to face the window demon and swings his knife at him. But window demon ducks and punches Dean in the stomach. Uh, Dean gets in a kick, but window demon sends him flying across the table and over it onto the other side where stalker demon and the girl demon are. Uh, Kane watches the whole thing while sitting at the table shucking corn. Uh, stalker demon swings at Dean but Dean grabs his hand and pulls it over his shoulder he stabs the knife into the demon making uh, him do the wow what did I write here the Bernie red glow and die (laughs) (laughs) he made him do the Bernie red glow (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a weird dance move (laughs) I know right I like it Uh, then the other two demons grab Dean's arms and flip him onto the table on his back Uh, the girl demon takes the demon knife out of Dean's hand as Dean struggles, Kane calmly leans over Dean's face and says, doing great. Dean just glares at him, uh, finally kicks the girl demon into the far wall. 
He exchanges a few punches with the window demon and then kicks him onto the counter. He turns to uh, the girl demon who holds up the knife. Dean picks up a dish towel off the counter as she tries to stab him. And he kind of swings out of the way and wraps the towel around her neck. I don't know why I'm doing a play-by-play of this fight, but it seemed important because it was so cool. So here we go. (laughs) It's a pretty big fight scene. As it far is. As, like, it, it takes up a lot of time, you know? and it's a lot of, it's a lot of, yeah, it's cool. Anyways, he wraps the towel around her neck and kind of whips her into the fridge and then into a china cabinet. Uh, window demon gets off the floor, and Dean turns around and throws a pot at him, which I liked, and then <laughs> kicked him back in, or kicks him back into the counter. Uh, window demon gets up again and grabs a kitchen knife. Uh, when he turns around, Dean has the girl demon in a hold. Um, Dean grabs the knife, the demon knife, out of her hand and stabs her in the stomach. And she, red, burning glow, dies. So then we cut to Crowley, still guarding the living room. A demon flies through the door uh, that supernaturally opens and then quickly shuts again. Uh, <laughs> so I'm assuming that Kane did that and not Crowley, right? I would assume so. I mean, it, it yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Crowley looks annoyed and says, really, isn't it past your bedtime? The demon rushes at him and punches him to the ground. Crowley says, you're good. And then as the demon goes in for the kill, Crowley pulls out an angel blade and stabs him in the side. Uh, The demon dies. Crowley says, but I'm Crowley. Uh, Back in the kitchen with Dean, uh, window demon throws Dean into the china cabinet as Kane gets up to grab a beer. Uh, window demon grabs Dean and uh, throws him across the floor and into the cabinets on the other side of the kitchen. Crowley watches silently from behind the glass door and Kane sits back down with his beer. Dean and window demon uh, punch each other for a while uh, and Dean finally gets slammed down onto the table. Uh, Dean, did I write that? Whatever. They fight some more. That's a long fight. Uh, <laughs> Dean stabs Window Demon in the neck with a demon knife, and he red glowy dies. Dean looks at Kane and pulls a knife out of the dead demon's neck, uh, and he pushes the body off the table and says, what was that? Some kind of test? Kane sips his beer and says, I felt connected to you right from the beginning. Kindred, spirit, kindred spirits, if you will. You and I are very much alike. Dean says, right, yeah, except I didn't kill my brother. Kane says, you saved yours. Why? Dean says, because you never give up on family. Ever. Kane says, where's your brother now then? Dean looks pissed and says, I don't know what kind of game you're playing here, and I don't really care. Just give me the damn blade. Kane says, sorry, Dean. I have nothing to hand over. Dean says, what? Kane says, I no longer have the blade. It's gone. So we cut to Cass and Sam in the medical room in the bunker. Sam is slowly fading with blood dripping from his nose and ear and eyes. Uh, I guess just one eye as Cass continues to extract the angel grace. Cass looks up to see his PB&J sandwich still sitting on the table. He makes a decision and starts to pull the needle out of Sam's neck. Cass says, hold on, this may pinch. Sam says, Cass, what the hell? Cass presses his fingers to Sam's forehead, and all of Sam's bleeding face holes are no longer bloody. Uh, Sam says, Cass, what the hell was that? Cass says, I've healed your wounds completely. Sam says, and the grace? Cass says, well, whatever grace was was inside you is gone now. What's left of Gadriel is in here. We'll just have to try the spell with what we have. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. (laughs) Sam, Sam says, damn it. 
Cass says, Sam, I want Gadriel to pay as much as you do, but nothing is worth losing you. You know, being human, it didn't just change my view of food. It changed my view of you. I mean, I can relate now to how you feel. Sam says, what are you talking about? Cass says, the only person who has screwed things up more consistently than you is me. And now I know what that guilt (laughs) feels like. I know, I know, I know. Uh, He says, and now I know what that guilt feels like. And I know what it, I know what it means to feel sorry, Sam. I am sorry. Sam says, I know. Cass says, you know, old me, I would have just kept going. I would have jammed that needle in deeper, deeper, blah, 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 deeper (laughs) until you died because the end always justifies the means. But what I went through, well, that, what, I'm struggling. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Cass says, well, that PB&J taught me that angels can change. So who knows? Maybe Winchester's can too. So we cut back to Kane's house. Crowley says, gone? What do you mean, gone? How? The spell brought us here to you, so it has to be here. Kane says, your spell brought you to the source of the blade's power. Me. Then Kane pulls up his right sleeve to reveal a mark burned into his forearm. Crowley shrinks back and makes the sign of the cross over his heart. (laughs) Jane to Crowley says, really? Now? Crowley says, it's the bloody mark of Cain. Cain says, from Lucifer himself. The mark and the blade work together. Without the mark, the blade is useless. It's just an old bone. Crowley says, a bone? Dean says, the jawbone of an animal. The jawbone you used to kill Abel because he was God's favorite. Cain says, Abel wasn't talking to God. He was talking to Lucifer. Lucifer was going to make my brother into his pet. I couldn't bear to watch him be corrupted, so I offered a deal. Abel's soul in heaven for my soul in hell. Lucifer accepted, as long as I was the one who sent Abel to heaven. So I killed him, became a soldier of hell, a knight. Dean says, and Lucifer ordered you to make more. Cain says, my knights and I, we did horrible things for centuries, bringers of chaos and darkness. Dean says, then you met Colette. Cain says, she knew who I was and what I was. She loved me unconditionally. She forgave me. She only asked for one thing. Crowley says, to stop. Kane says, when the knights found out, they took retribution. They took Colette. So I picked the first blade back up, and it felt so good to have in my hands again. And I slaughtered the knights of hell. Dean says, not all of them. Kane says, no. And we cut back in time. We're back in the cabin in 1863 uh, with Kane charging into the guarded room. And Colette sits at the vanity mirror and greets him with a smile. Kane says, Colette. Colette says, my love. But when she turns around, Kane's face hardens as he recognizes that she is possessed. Kane says, what have you done to my wife? Colette's eyes turn black. And Kane says, answer me, Abaddon. Abaddon says, we can make this right, can't we, Kane? Come back to us. Come back to me. Kane says, I'm done. Abaddon says, with the knights or with me? Cain says, I'm done. Abaddon angrily says, then so is she. And she starts to snap bones in Colette's body, which is creepy and disturbing. Cain says, no, Uh stop it. Abaddon says, we could have been forever, but you chose her. Well, if I can't have you, then neither can she. And she snaps her neck some more. 
and says, enjoying the view? I know I am. Best seat in the house. Uh, at the same time that Kane rushes forward to stab her, Abaddon smokes out of Colette. So Kane stabs the first blade into Colette's like lower chest. You know, to me, it looked more like a stomach wound, but I mean, she dies real fast. So I'm going with her chest. Okay. So <laughs> Kane holds her yeah. dying body. I don't well, know. Here, we'll keep going until the- <laughs> I was okay, like, I yeah. got something to say about it. Okay. Like- <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. So, Kane holds her dying body and says, no, Colette, Colette, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I will find Abaddon and I will kill her. Colette says, no, there's been enough killing. Promise me, you're better than all of this. Colette tries to kiss Kane, but doesn't quite make it and dies in his arms while Kane sobs. Okay, here's the thing. Like... <sighs> Abaddon was just, like, snapping her neck and, like... She was already she should have, like... Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't really understand that scene too much because, like, yeah, he stabbed her after Abaddon was, like, pretty much gone. But, like, she shouldn't have been alive anyway once Abaddon left because, like, Abaddon snapped her neck, like, three different ways, you know? Like Exactly. Also, how- like, you know that if you stab someone who's possessed, I mean, that vessel's going to die whether that demon leaves or not. So you already know yeah. you're killing her. Really? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. So anyway, I think he just wasn't expecting to like, I think he was expecting to kill Abaddon and just have them both be dead and not have to deal with like Colette, you know, where like, you know, Abaddon kind of like smoked away, you know, partially Mm -hmm. through or like right before the stabbing sort of thing. So like, but still either way, like Colette should already be dead. The second Abaddon's out of there, like she should have just been like dead. It like, to me, the whole thing was just kind of weird that, like, Kane was the one that, like, killed her, even though, like, like it it shouldn't have been him. Like, she should yeah. have already been dead. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. That whole thing was just kind of weird to me. Yeah. He just was not, like, it was almost like he was just, like, too shocked by the whole thing to, like, think clearly through it. Which is weird, but that's what I'm going with, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So we cut back to the present. Um, Kane says, so I buried her and I walked away. Dean says, well, I'm sorry. Truly. But I have to stop Abaddon. So where is the blade? Kane walks away from him and says, no. Dean hurries after him and said, hey, listen, you son of a bitch. You may be done killing, but I'm not. And Dean pushes Kane against the wall and holds the demon knife to Kane's chest. Kane grabs the knife in Dean's hand and pulls it right into his own chest. There's my alarm. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, So, yes, demon knife in Kane's chest, but nothing happens. Kane says, you never give up on anything, do you? Dean says, never. Kane pulls the knife out of his chest and says, well, I do. And Kane disappears. Dean says, Kane? Kane! Uh, Then they hear lots of sounds outside the window, and Dean and Crowley pull back the curtain to see dozens of demons preparing to attack the house. Crowley says, well, I'll stay as long as I can. (laughs) In other words, you're on your own. (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, aren't you a peach? So we cut to Kane in a small clearing in some woods. Uh, He's kneeling down next to a lone gravestone. Kane is like super emo, (laughs) and he says... (laughs) I've tried, I've tried, Colette, to see myself as you did, but I know who I am, what I am. I know you watch over me still, but I need you to look away now. And then he leans over and kisses the grave ground, which, okay, <laughs> that's fine. 
<laughs> and then suddenly uh, Kane reappears in the house with Dean and Crowley. Um, and he stares at his picture of Colette. Dean says, what the hell, man? You in or out? I'm getting head spins. <laughs> Kane says, I can give you the mark, Dean, if that's what you truly want. Dean says, what are you talking about? Kane says, the mark can be transferred to someone who's worthy. Dean says, you mean a killer like you? Kane says, yes. <laughs> Dean says, can I use it to kill that bitch? Kane says, yes. But you have to know, with the mark comes a great burden. Some would call it a great cost. Dean says, yeah, well, spare me the warning label. You had me at kill the bitch. Kane says, good luck, Dean. You're going to need it. Dean says, yeah, I get that a lot. Let's dance. And then <laughs> Kane grasps Dean's right forearm with his and a line of red veins like spread from Kane's mark to burn an identical mark on Dean's forearm. Dean kind of gasps in pain as the mark is transferred from Kane's arm. Now, I guess I didn't really notice this before, but like, does Kane still have the mark too? Are they both, you know, dark marked or like, is that like, does, can only one person have it? I don't remember. Or is that a spoiler? Um, like, I know what happens. Kind of not really a spoiler. Okay. I just like, want to know. Kind of a spoiler, but not really. But here's the thing is like, so, I mean, obviously you transfer it, you goes from one person to the other. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, like the understanding is that Kane doesn't have it anymore. Dean does. At least that's okay. kind of like what you're supposed to get from this episode, I think. Okay. But, but okay, I'm just like spoil but not spoil, right? Okay. So like okay, like later or like at the end of this episode, you see him like what like doing his thing and you can still kind of see a mark on his arm. But oh. then like I think later on though, from what I remember anyways, like he doesn't have it anymore. Dean okay. Because okay. it has to be passed from person to person, right? And so mm -hmm. somebody always has to have it. Yeah. So I think so if our... you give it to somebody, it's you don't have it anymore. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay. But then it was kind of weird because, like, later in this episode, you kind of, like, I don't know if it was just, like, a whoopsie and they didn't, like, take it off his arm or whatever. But, mm -hmm. like, he... I don't remember... Okay. But, yeah, I, I don't know. remember seeing it later in this episode. I don't think I commented on it anyway. Um, but Okay. Um, so Crowley says, Dean? Dean says, I'm fine. All right. Where the hell did you stash the damn blade? Kane says, nothing can destroy the blade. So I threw it to the bottom of the deepest ocean. It's the only way I could keep my promise to Colette. You find the blade, kill Abaddon, but make me a promise first. When I call you, and I will call, you come find me and use the blade on me. Dean says, why? Kane says, for what I'm about to do. And then Kane puts a hand on Dean and Crowley's shoulders, and they are teleported to outside the house next to Baby. Um, all the demons are outside, rush into the house, and Kane locks them inside with them. Suddenly, a red, burny light <laughs> shines out of the windows. I like that I think it's burny. I don't know if it burns. It just looks burny. I mean, so. it looks pretty hot. <laughs> I mean, not in like a, you know, like hot sexy way, but like a hot fire way. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Crowley says, <laughs> sorry, no, I need a drink of water now with all this burning, <laughs> hot, sexy talk. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> oh, God. Okay. Am I okay? <laughs> you're right. okay. 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 Uh, okay. Blink twice if you're not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crowley says, they're all trapped in there. Dean says, with him. So then we cut to the bunker. 
uh, Sam and Cass are mixing up the spell to track Gadriel. They add all the ingredients and then finally add the angel grace. Uh, the mixture bubbles and then kind of falls away. Cass looks disappointed. Sam says, was that, uh, was that it? Sorry, my throat is doing things that I have no control over here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> Cass says, I'm afraid there wasn't enough grace. We'll have to find Gadriel another way. I'm sorry, Sam. Sam says, it's all right, Cass. You, uh, you were right. You are right about everything. Sam suddenly leans over and hugs Cass tightly. Cass stands awkwardly without moving. Sam says, now's the part where you hug back. So Cass, oh. <laughs> I know. Cass puts his arms around Sam and says, oh, right. Uh, sorry. Uh, so they are hugging and Sam kind of chuckles and says, ah, there you go. Uh, and then they let go of each other. Cass says, as far as I'm concerned, Metatron is the key to fixing everything that's wrong. I'm going to find him. And he begins to walk away, but stops and turns to Sam. He says, you know, Sam, we could use all the help we could get to find Gadriel and Metatron. Sam says very stubbornly, we got this. So we cut to Dean and Crowley in the parked Impala, um, somewhere away from Kane's house. That's all I got. <laughs> Crowley <laughs> says, he was right, you know, you are worthy. Dean says, oh, great. Now you're going to get all touchy-feely, too. Crowley says, your problem, mate, is that nobody hates you more than you do. Believe me, I've tried. Dean says, so, how do we find this blade? Uh, Crowley gets out of the Impala and says, well, you can't search the bottom of the ocean, but I can. not So, I'll find it and bring it to its new owner. Dean gets it out after him and says, I saw you, Crowley, back at Kane's. And then we get a flashback of Dean fighting the window demon while Crowley watches from the glass doors. I like the window demon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a window demon. <laughs> Dean says, you dusted that undercard demon. And then you just sat back and watched the main event. Uh, back in current time, Dean says, you knew. You knew about the mark. You knew about Abaddon and Kane. You knew all of it. And you played me. Why? And then we get a flashback to Crowley smiling as he drinks his tea during their first conversation with Kane. Um, and we, it's that scene where he's like, it looks like his hands are shaking. So his like teacup is shaking and he like takes a little sip, but really he's like creepily smiling. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So back in real time, Crowley says he would never have given me the blade. Who can say no to you? I needed you to play along. Um, then we get a flashback to stalker demons staring at Dean and Crowley as they walk away uh, from the bar at the beginning of the episode. Um, back in real time, Dean says, you knew we were being followed and you didn't say anything. Crowley says, well, Cain would want, wait, does that make sense? Well, Cain would want, we were, it, I don't think this is right. Hold on. <laughs> Let me read this in my brain first. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, this doesn't make sense. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to paraphrase, I guess, what Crowley probably says, uh, which is Kane <laughs> would want to see his prize fighter up close. You plus demons equals fight night. Dean says, Tara died. Thanks to you. Crowley says, omelets, broken eggs, etc. Dean, like, angrily punches Crowley and shouts, after I kill Abaddon, you're next. Crowley says, you don't mean that. We're having too much fun. Dean starts to walk away. Well, actually, I do. <laughs> I know. Thanks. You know. 
Dean starts to walk to walk away and Crowley calls after him. Listen up. Even with the blade, we're going to need all the help we can get against Abaddon. Dean stops and says, go find the blade. Crowley says, it's always something with you boys, isn't it? Uh, Crowley disappears and then Dean kind of hisses in pain and pulls up his right sleeve. We see the mark is burned kind of angrily into his skin. And credits. <laughs> okay, so my first thought is <laughs> from this episode is that the first time I saw the the first blade, I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really doesn't look like it can cut things. I mean, it just looks no. like blunt. It's like a blunt edge. With, with some- teeth, you know, like you could saw I guess with it but like that was what I was confused about because I knew it was like a weapon but I was like what are you supposed to do to people with that like you know like (laughs) saw away like I'm gonna rub these molars on on you (laughs) it's gonna feel weird yeah yeah it probably won't feel good but it's probably not gonna do anything you know (laughs) doesn't look like you can just like poke somebody with it and it will break their skin and and then you know easily slide in so you know yeah body so (laughs) you know what I mean yeah Uh, yeah Yeah, Yeah. like I don't know I just remember seeing it and being like um what the heck um yeah and okay I (laughs) you know when Cass was like you have a guinea pig like where you know he's just like he's really concerned about the guinea pig and like wanting to see the guinea pig yeah like what sort of pet do you think that Cass would have if he had a pet? Like, well, we know he's all about the bees. I mean, but like, that's not yeah, really a that pet. Yeah, that was also when he was a little bit, like, off his rocker. And by that's a little true. bit, I mean a lot. So, like, <laughs> he was enamored um, with a lot of things that I don't think had anything to do with things that he would normally like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't like, know. I mean, he seems kind of like a cuddly cat kind of person. Yeah, I was you gonna know. say he seems like a cat person or some sort of like, you know, hamster guinea pig, you know, like the little tiny fuzzy creature. Yeah, you know? yeah, I could see that. I can really see that. That'd be really cute. Oh, <laughs> also, I've seen a lot of like, you know, fan art of cats with a cat, so that maybe be why I or or portrayed as a cat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the one that I see a lot is him when it's got like. Oh, there's, it's like Sam and Dean and Cass and Sam's got like a picture of some sort of animal next to him that's like making the same kind of face and like Mm -hmm. Dean has one that's kind of doing the same sort of thing as him and then Cass is a hamster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not really sure, like I don't remember what face Cass was making, but it's, I remember the hamster is like sitting there with his cheeks all puffed out, you know, like. Uh that's really funny and so like yeah some for some reason I'm always like he's either a cat or a hamster you know like yeah yeah like, I could totally see that That'd yeah really cute I feel like if anything to me though like Cass would be a cat person mm-hmm. yeah I could see that I could see that and honestly like you know dogs need a lot more attention and I just think he's too busy for that kind yeah. of responsibility <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, all of them, really, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, cats are pretty independent, though. Like, That's right, yeah. I can leave Steve for a weekend by himself, and it's fine, because, like, hey, I'll, like, clean his litter box, make sure it's all the way clean, you know, before I leave, and, like, 
He's got an automatic feeder. He's got a water fountain that holds like two liters of water or something mm-hmm. like that, which they say it does, but it lies. I think it's maybe one liter, but still like that's a lot of water for a cat to drink in two days. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 So, like, or three, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I forgot why I was talking about that. <laughs> Where uh-huh. was we were talking about uh, cats being less responsibility oh, yeah. than a dog. I think that's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> that's super easy to do. Where with, like, you know, Maisie and Hunter, like, can't do that. If we're gone for, like, more than, you know, a good chunk of the day, like, we need somebody to come in and, like, feed them and let them out and all that sort of stuff. Like, we really yeah. can't be gone for more than, like, uh, like work hour time really yeah, right yeah hours right and even then like we're not usually even gone for that long you mm-hmm. know because by the time that I leave for work around like you know 10 45 ish from mm-hmm. the time that Travis gets home you know like four you know like yeah. that's not that much you know and even then it depends on the day sometimes I leave later you know Mm -hmm. and it's even less hours so it's kind of like you know like she's she doesn't have to be alone for that long yeah that's good good for a puppy yeah oh yeah well I mean and she's in her cage because she can't be trusted (laughs) right yeah but at least she's not having to like hold it for that long Mm -hmm. and hey she doesn't she keeps being in her kennel dear Mm -hmm. god you know like this is not a giraffe butt moment this is just a continuous struggle that we have with Mm -hmm. this dog right now like I can't figure it out I don't know why she's not really peeing in the house anymore like there she's had like an accident in the last few weeks and like that's it you know so she's doing really well for that which You know, it kind of went from, like, her peeing in the house, like, constantly to, like, she just doesn't do it anymore. It didn't, like, taper down. It was kind of weird. She just, like, stopped, you know, yeah. which I'm fine with, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's totally fine. But, like, almost, it seems like almost every day or every other day we leave her in her kennel, like, when we go, like, it's so strange. Because, like, all night long, she's fine. She'll be in her kennel for hours while we're sleeping and, like, no problem at all because mm-hmm. we're home I think and she doesn't sleep in our room anymore because she's way too disruptive <laughs> yeah right but you know like it's just odd because like we can put her in her kennel and like it'll be clean and go and like go down the street and get a blizzard and it'll be like 20 minutes before we get back and she pees in her kennel hmm. because I think it's like a separation anxiety thing yeah where she's just like peeing everywhere but like so how do you stop that I don't know like <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I know nothing about training dogs, especially puppies. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just never met a dog that pees in their kennel. You know, like Mm -hmm. dogs do not want to pee where they sleep normally. And so like, I've never had an issue with dogs pee. Like, I've known, you know, dogs that pee all over the place, like unless they're in their kennel or whatever. And like puppies, usually the first thing that like they might have an accident or two in their kennel and then they realize that that's where they sleep and they don't want to pee in there. So like they're still peeing in the house, but they're not peeing in the kennel anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's the exact opposite. And so I'm kind of like, okay, you know, we've decided to start feeding her in her kennel. So okay. then that, cause we normally, we have like a, another pen that we keep her in because we have to lock her up when she eats or else she scarfs her food down and then goes and like shoves Hunter out of the way and eats his food too. So okay, like, yeah. you know, Hunter needs to be able to eat his food. So we have to lock her up to, um, for her to eat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, well, maybe if we start feeding her in her kennel, right. then, you know, she's not going to, like, pee in there because she doesn't want to pee where she eats, you know? Right. But we'll see. Yeah. It's been, like, two days. I don't know if it's made a difference or not yet, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's just weird. She's an odd dog. But anyways, we went way off track here. Um, <laughs> huh. From pets to mine peeing in their kennel. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Um, so one, one of my other thoughts, I like how Kane is just like shucking corn without a care in the world. Why like all this like demon nonsense is going around him. And, I know. Like, None of the demons are messing with him. You know, like, nobody's messing with him. They're only messing with Dean and Crowley. And, like, he's just sitting there making dinner, just watching the show. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, at one point, he, like, gets up to get a beer and, like, comes back and sits back down just to, like, drink while he's watching the entertainment, you know? I know, like, dinner and a show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was... That was, well, the demons were scared of him, right? I mean, oh, obviously. Sure. And they were like, we're just here for, I don't remember if they said Crowley or Dean or both, you know, but like, that's what we're here for. And Kane was like, yeah, do it. Like, yeah. okay, don't mind me. Yeah. Yeah. It so. was just kind of funny, like, because, well, part of it too was that was, I was like, okay, well, like, maybe they'll go after him was because when that one demon that killed Tara, Mm-hmm. Um, was like calling in the reinforcements or whatever. They're like, he was like, oh yeah, guess who I found too, you know? So they made mm-hmm. it seem like he was a person of interest, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're Which right. I was kind of like, okay, so like nobody's gonna go after him. I mean, that would be smart for them not to, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. as we saw at the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was, uh, yeah. They just, like, completely ignored him, and they're just like, okay, we're going to do this, you know? Like, mm-hmm. nothing. Um, also, the thing that bugs me the most about this episode... Yeah? <laughs> let me just... This is what burns me in my butt, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Dean just willy-nilly accepts the mark of Cain, right? Without knowing a damn thing about it, you know? Like... Kane's like, hey, maybe you should, like, know about this. Like, let me tell you about this, and here's, like, the things that could happen or whatever. And Dean's like, don't care. Do it. You know? And yeah. it's like, bro, bro, whoa, time out. You're like, yeah, that was interesting. And I think that, like, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think that, you know, Dean was just in a place mentally, not defending Dean. That was a really idiotic thing to do. But, like, oh, no. Yeah, but, like, he was in, like, this, like, I gotta, like, you know, atone for, you know, Kevin dying, basically, right? And Yeah, he's like, I gotta fix this. I don't care what it takes to do to to fix this. And also, like, they were trying to escape while all these demons were coming in. So, Mm -hmm. like, I get that. But also, like... Also, he was clearly trying to tell you, like, the things that were gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, and if somebody who's been like who's like the original murderer <laughs> and is like, hey, this is like a curse kind of, you know, yeah. like I would wanna know all about it. Even if it wasn't gonna make a difference and it wasn't gonna change my mind, I would still wanna know what I have to deal with, you know, like yes, absolutely you know, like yeah. I don't know. That just kinda bugged me. And like mm-hmm. I think they were kinda trying to make it seem like he just didn't have the time 
you know? Yeah, but especially but, because he knew the whole time that, like, Crowley was playing him. I mean, they showed that in the flashbacks when he was, yeah. like, telling Crowley, like, hey, I saw you do this, I saw you do this. Like, yeah. you clearly were setting this up, and this was what you wanted the outcome to be. I yeah. would really be like, what the fuck? Like, tell me yeah, all the like, shit. I need like, to know about all these things because, because this, now this, I don't touch know, anything. Yeah, this, like, king of hell demon, like, this is what he wants for me. Like, that's a pretty big red flag. <laughs> so, yeah. like... Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Tell me, please. Yeah. So, I would I be like, um, I need to know all the things or however many things that you can spit out at me, you know, while we're waiting to like uh, evade these demon guys over here, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to know, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that whole thing was just kind of weird to me. I was like, um, so you don't want to know anything, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, he was thing. like, whatever, do it. And I was just yeah. like, okay. I was like, like, that thing. To not be very calculated, there, you know, like, I don't know. Anyway, um, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? Well, there were a lot of cool moments in this episode. Um, my favorite was um, towards the end when, um, you know, they, so, like, Dean gets the mark, and then he's, like, Kane is, like, you know, you guys got to get out of here, blah, 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 and he's, like, and then you have to, like, forgive me or whatever and they're Mm -hmm. like for what he's like for what I'm about to do and then he like teleports them back to the car Mm -hmm. and then you get that it's literally just like a beautiful shot I think of Mm King where he's like you know the demons are coming in the house and he's like rolling up his sleeves but he just looks so fucking badass like yeah he's just like literally like here we go (laughs) yeah like just like the way he like rolled up his sleeves but also in a like come and get it boys like yeah you know what I mean I was just like yeah I was really like like the epitome of like fuck around and find out you know (laughs) exactly I just I love that was that was acted perfectly and of course like I love Tim Odmanson so much it's just Mm -hmm. such a delight to see him in this role and just being such a fucking badass in that moment I was like all right like father (laughs) murder like yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. get him you get him yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh what was your favorite moment um mine was the <laughs> confusion that happened over the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Like, he's like he, you could tell that like I don't know, to me anyways, it kind of seemed like Cass has eaten multiple of these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to try and like <laughs> what happened you know like yeah how come it's not right you know like yeah I don't get it you know and he's like it tastes like molecules you know like that's such a funny description because like you and I like what do you what does that taste like what do molecules like what like my mind immediately goes to sand (laughs) (laughs) he's like small particles yeah I mean yeah like I can't really imagine what like molecules taste like so like okay yeah, I mean, I is it really that bad? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must be. I just, said it was disgusting, so. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting, just that whole like thing, you know, where he's like, you know, it tastes like molecules, and Sam's like, okay, what the hell? I don't know, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, well, you know, I. It, and the the fact that he likes jelly and not jam, like jam's <laughs> just right out, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. That was cute. Not okay, you know. <laughs> and then like at the end of that whole thing, he's like. I miss you, PB and J. You know, I know. Like, yeah. 
Oh, like, no. your heart a little bit because you could tell that that was like one of his like creature comforts and he's just not a thing anymore you know yeah like, exactly like this though you know yeah it was cute it was sweet yeah. it was very cute but mm-hmm. anyways that was kind of a funny you know a funny one for me it was yeah I like that. You know, I just I want to say like where we are in this season. I didn't really realize it until this episode, but like I think this might be my least favorite season. To be honest, like it's not terrible. It's not like yeah. awful trash or anything, but like there's a lot of like angel wars and like towards the end with the Market Kane stuff, like it does get more interesting, but like right now where we're at like Mm, like yeah. the cane stuff good I like it I like yeah really like it but like I think this is and maybe it's you know for Metatron reasons but like my least favorite season and like we're kind of in the middle of like my least favorite part of my least favorite season so like <laughs> I was really happy yeah. with this episode because you do get yeah. introduced to Kane and I was like mm-hmm. I, I thought that happened later on in the series truthfully yeah you know, I so. can't remember like when anything happens yeah me neither <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, you yeah, know, I was, like, watching this episode, and he showed up, and I was like, fuck yeah! Like, yeah! <laughs> I forgot about this! I mean, not forgot about it, but I forgot this is what it was, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, like, I would agree that this is probably not my favorite season. Like, it's not as interesting for a lot of it. Some The, like, big moments that do happen are interesting and entertaining, yeah. but there's just not enough of it, you know? There's a lot of, like, angel faction filler and yeah smarmy metatron manipulation that you're just like uh yeah yeah (coughs) excuse me for me like most of the episodes we've done in this season so far I'm just kind of like oh yeah yeah you know like they're not like super fun to talk about and you know or whatever like not that they're bad like some of it's obviously funny some of it's not but like to me I'm kind of like when I go to like do my notes for each episode, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. like about most of it, you know. Yeah. Like, not what I it. do like about the season, um, as well as the whole Kane thing, like every time I feel like Kane is on the screen, it's like just magnificent. But like, yeah, the Kane um, part is like, I, I like all that. Yeah, know? but also this is a big turning point for Crowley's character, and you get a lot more of him in like the mm-hmm. best way. I like yeah. what they're doing with him. I like what they're you know, I like him getting more screen time and more of his, like, hysterical one-liners. And, yeah. you know, so, like, it is good in that way. And that, yeah. you know, will, you know, happen more and more, like, after the season two. And I think this is, like, the start of that, really, this you know? This is kind of the start of it, yeah. But, and I, and so like, I in like the next that. few episodes is when we kind of start seeing him a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that. I do appreciate that. What they do yeah. with him is, right now, anyway, is is very entertaining and fun. So, yeah. I do like, and that's the thing, is, like, the Kane thing and the Crowley thing are kind of, like, the same time. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like the last, because, I mean, this is, what, the not quite halfway point or a mm-hmm. little over halfway point of um, this season. Like, the second half of the season, I do remember, like, because I've been watching episodes because we're going to get together this weekend to podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I've, I'm at this point, I've watched through, like, season 17 or something like that mm-hmm. or season 17 episode, episode 17 yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um and like I like those episodes like you yeah. know there there's definitely some that are kind of like eh, you know like there's parts of it that are kind of eh, whatever but like for the most part I do really like 
you know, the next few anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I watched through the end of the season. I don't remember why, but it was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep hitting next. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like in that place where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. And, oh, this is the last episode. Well, I guess I better watch it. So, yeah. yeah, I I can't just like watch the whole season and not watch this last one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it does get better. Maybe it's just the first half of the season that I'm just kind of like, about, you know, like, okay, okay. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was my my thought. Yeah. (laughs) No one asked for it, but there it was. It's fine. We like thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the interesting facts for this episode, the first one says the role of Kane was written specifically for Tim Amundsen. Oh, I did not know that. That's exciting. I didn't know that either, although I could see that for sure. I think, honestly, too, like, because IMDb is kind of like Wikipedia and anybody can, like, write down what they want, like, take all of our interesting facts that we've ever said and that we will ever say worth a grain of salt, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, probably it's mostly accurate, I would assume, or else people wouldn't really write it, I would hope. But (laughs) I like that we're, what episode is this, 180, like, or something? Like, 83. That we've decided to say that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Four years everything later, past you and everything know. in the future, like, for the interesting facts, take it with a grain of salt, because, like, <laughs> it's IMDb, and anybody can edit that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it is what it is. But it is kind of interesting if it is true. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it says, so the next one is, during the fight scenes, uh, Jensen Ackles did his own stunts, which... Wow, there was some... Heavy falls cool and stuff. There. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And like, especially like all the, you know, getting flung around and stuff that happened in this episode. That's kind of yeah, cool. It is. Um, so it says this episode features Timothy Amundsen, who predominantly plays a detective in Psych um, from 2006, which Psych is over now, right? It is. Yeah. But they still come out with movies and they're great. They're, this yeah. is great. The whole thing is great. Yeah. Um, and it's, it says a show that often shared extras with Supernatural from 2005 since they often uh, filmed in the same areas mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah Zachariah is like a an actor well I can't remember that actor's name I'm so sorry but he's like a he's not like a I mean he's kind of like a, a side character on Psych he's not even in every episode but like most of yeah. them he's like the, the weird like coroner who's like okay. <laughs> questionable in his intentions with everything and it's maybe yeah. maybe, like, maybe just like I trust you or not <laughs> or maybe just like completely high the whole time uh, he's hilarious in that show so it was it's really fun to like compare those characters and just like his acting range and being like the douchiest douche in supernatural and just like yeah. the comedic relief on super or on psych you know that's a yeah. lot of fun yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um where was i oh here um, it says during one scene, Jensen Ackles um, accidentally cut the face of the man playing a demon. Um, the demon was portrayed by his stunt double. That doesn't by Jensen's stunt double, probably. I'm guessing by the demon's stunt double. That doesn't make any sense. No. Oh, maybe they did mean that it he was portrayed by Jensen's stunt double. I don't really that know. That makes the most sense to me, but it might not mean that. Yeah, it might not mean that, but yeah. So Jensen Ackles cut a face <laughs> of his stunt double's dude, face. You know, yeah, like, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> he, I don't know. I'm guessing. I mean, obviously it was an accident, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. I wonder when that happened. Like, I'm like, 
I wonder who, like, I wonder who it was. Because, like, I don't, I never, like, saw, because usually stunt doubles kind of look like the actors, you know? They do, but their faces are always, like, shockingly different. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like body build and, like, hair is always the same. And, like, yeah. you know, but but I every time, like, I see an actor with their stunt double, I'm like, the face is so wrong! Yeah. Like, that's not what you're looking at when they're doing their stunts, no. you know? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I kind of wonder who it was, though, because, like, I don't remember seeing any of them and thinking that, like, they were kind of similar in, like, stature or anything, yeah, you know? Yeah, like I can't remember. Yeah. I think I've seen a picture of Jensen with his stunt double for Supernatural anyways. And or maybe it was Jared. I can't remember. I remember seeing one of them, you know, yeah. on some social media and just being like, the face, the face is wrong. Like, what were you thinking? But like, yeah, body. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so it says, Cain uh, tells Dean that Abel wasn't the favorite of God, rather that Abel was being tempted by Lucifer. Um, this mirrors Dean and Sam's relations to heaven and hell. Only Dean was able to save his brother where Cain killed his. Mm -hmm. Um, it says Timothy Amundsen, who plays Cain, would go on to play Earl Johnson, AKA God Johnson on the show Lucifer. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Spoiler there. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a spoiler for Lucifer, not for us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it says, uh, the farmhouse in Missouri that Dean Crowley traveled to is the same farmhouse Zelina, the Wicked Witch of the West, from Once Upon a Time, um, lives in. That's kind of fun. Oh, that is um, fun. Both shows are filmed in the same area of Canada, and many locations are used for both. Hmm. Which, I mean, Once Upon a Time is long over. Yeah. But I never finished that show. I want to at some point, but I feel like I would have to start again. Because I, I don't remember, like, I mean, I remember some stuff. But That's like, a heavy commitment, too. You know, because that went on for a while. So, yeah, I just feel like yeah. that's not on my the top of my my list of shows. I, I, I weirdly don't finish shows <laughs> a lot of yeah. the time, like, because I'm like, it's over. Like, am I emotionally ready? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like, I haven't yeah. finished Lucifer either. Yeah. And I will. I mean, I'm going to. I, I love yeah. that show. But, like, am I ready for that? Mm, I got some stuff I want to you know, take care of first, yeah. you know, so that's, that's just another one of those shows. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, and for me, so for once upon a time, anyway, I think I have like through season four or something like that on DVD. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think, did I even watch that far? I don't know. Cause I was like, Hey, like for, it was like a birthday or something. I was like, I kind of want like the rest of these DVDs or whatever. And like, I, I don't have all of them yet, but like, you know, I got a couple of seasons or whatever. And um, I don't know if I've even watched, the, and like I own it, and I don't even know if I've watched all the way through the ones that I own. Yeah. You know, the last thing I remember, which I mean, could very well be past season four, I have no clue, but I remember like Merida, I think, being a thing. Oh, I didn't like, get, no, no, no. I didn't get to Merida if that happened. I got through I the frozen, the frozen thing. part. Yeah. And then whatever happened after that is kind of where I stopped. Yeah. I remember watching Frozen. And then I think the next thing was Aladdin. I think maybe. so. And I think I watched most, if not all of that. But after that, I don't think I've watched anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, don't, I didn't get that far. Yeah. Yeah. And I know at some point, like, towards the end, because I saw enough, like, uh, 
not commercials, but, you know, like, like trailers, trailers for the, you know, new seasons or whatever on TV or whatever, like Henry's all grown up. And it's like, like the last season was like farther in the future, which kind of threw me a little bit, which I mean, Mm. whatever, you know, like, not like I would watch it, but it was just kind of weird. I was like, wait, what? You know, like, clearly I missed something here. Right, right. Yeah. I do want to watch it at some point. Yeah, I do too, for sure. Um, it says Anna Galvin, the actress who plays Colette, um, was also in Supernatural, No West, No Rest for the Wicked, um, as Lilith slash Zoe's mom. Oh yeah, okay. So that's the one where Dean goes to hell, and they go into like the house Lilith is like terrorizing, where she's that little blonde girl. Yeah, and that, like, that actress plays her me. mom. I killed him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. so that actress plays Lilith's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Um, it says, Timothy Amundsen is also known for playing Eli, a messenger of God in Xena Warrior Princess from 1995, a show that also featured the story of Cain and Abel. Um but in a Greek style, I don't know what the Greek style would be for that. But um, it says there he was the spiritual force behind the birth of Eve, who would bring about the twilight of the gods and the origin of the monotheistic religions in Greece. Hmm. Um, I have watched some Xena, um, but not very much of it. And it was so long ago. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I, remember I, did, I didn't get to him, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like seeing commercials for it on TV or ads or whatever for it on TV, but like I never watched it. Like mm-hmm. I do kind of sort of like in my mind, I'm like picturing Xena a little bit from just commercials, you know, but you know what? And now I can't even remember if it was Xena or Hercules that I was watching, to be honest. <laughs> like that's like, cause there's a crossover. Like, isn't she introduced on Hercules and then like Xena's a spinoff? I might have that totally oh, yeah, wrong, but that's, seen- that's what happened in my head. Yeah. So yeah. now I don't remember what I was watching. I was watching it when it was like, I was like months before my wedding. So this is how long ago it was. And um, I was like really, really, really working out. And by working out, I mean like spending an hour on my elliptical every day, but like yeah. fast. I wasn't like yeah. slow-moing it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> there are some shows that you can watch while you're working out that are like motivating. And there are some that you can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, whatever like mindset it puts you in and like that you know was a, a whichever one it was Hercules or Xena um really worked out for me yeah. you know <laughs> it worked out <laughs> Get it? Yeah. yeah I wish I did that on purpose but I didn't <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah I don't know I didn't get far into it but yeah. <clears throat> um so it says as Dean and Crowley enters this is a weirdly worded let me just try and word this on my own because this is ugh. Um, as Disney probably enter Tara's shop, um, she's reading Welcome to Lovecraft, um, the first part of the Lock and Key fantasy slash horror graphic novel series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I talked about that a little bit when it happened in the in the scene. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a graphic novel written by Stephen King's son, and it's a show on Netflix. So good, both of them. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I've heard of the the show, mm-hmm. like I've seen the little like you know picture or whatever for it on yeah. Netflix. But it's a really it's a really cool idea, honestly. I think you would like it. I might just like give you the first graphic novel and be like, do this, and you'll love it. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's I, I like the graphic novels, the graphic novels better than the show. The show is phenomenal, but the graphic novels are just a little bit darker and more disturbing in an interesting way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says, so the opening scene shows Kane with the jawbone of some large grass eater. <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. Um, at no point does the Bible even hint at how Kane killed Abel. No weapon is described. Uh, the common association of Cain and jawbones might simply be conflation with the tale of Samson and Delilah. Okay. Which I don't understand why, but okay. <laughs> um, so this isn't like, it's not a spoiler. It's just kind of like a, like somebody had a thought and made the connection here. Okay. Um, it says Zachariah told um, Sam and Dean that they were direct descendants of Cain and Abel. So the mark would naturally go to Dean, even though Cain makes Dean work for the mark. Okay. Because you know how they're, descendants from Cain and Abel right Right, yeah so that would mean that like naturally he could take the it's like you know he's like the natural vessel or whatever for Michael like I would assume that that's kind of what they're talking about and like you know down the generational you know Mm -hmm. steps yeah I got it okay to him you know yeah um also um Jared and Jensen do not share any scenes in this episode what? That's what it says, anyways. I don't remember if they did. I don't think they did. No, they don't. It's just like Sam and Cass, and then right, and then like um, Dean and Crowley, and sometimes Kane, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Um, I like, I, you know, obviously I'm a I'm a Dusty L girl at heart, but I always like the scenes that you know where Cass and Sam are having their like friendship. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it. You don't get to, because it's so, it really, really focuses a lot, you know, especially in the later seasons on, like, mm-hmm. Dean and Cass's friendship, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, so it's always notable to me now, especially in a rewatch way, mm-hmm. to see, you know, what, how Sam and, and Cass feel about each other. Because there was that episode, like, who knows what season that was, where, like, Cass went to, like, hug Sam, and Sam was like, uh, and just, like, backed away and sat <laughs> down and looked away. Like, and to see them went? now, yeah. Yeah, to see them now, like, they really care for each other, yeah. you know, and, and even when, like, I don't remember when this happened, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but, like, Dean and Cass have, like, a, hey, haven't seen you in a while, good to see you moment, or, like, oh, I was mad at you, but now we're cool again moment, yeah. and, uh, um, and Sam, like, is watching on, like, fondly, you know what I mean, yeah. like, oh, my, my best buddies are, are cool again, I'm so happy, yeah. you know what I mean, so I like, mm-hmm. I like that, I like the, the Sam and Cass scenes, too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so our research from this week um, is off of, oh, let me find this website again, because it's weird. So I think I said last time or the time before that, that like my, uh, no, hell, <laughs> my URL or whatever is on the bottom now. Instead of yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaks me I out a little phone. bit. Yeah. Um, this is off of nationalshrine.org. Okay. Um. And it says something about the basilica at the top of the page. So I'm guessing it's some sort of like Catholic church website of some variety. Um, okay. Because it has a link to watch mass online at the top. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> um, and that's why I, I think that it's that. But anyways, 
Um, anyway, this is um, off of Cain and Abel because, like, you know, what a better time to talk about it. Because, yep. um, I mean, like, we see Cain, but I don't really think that we talk about, like, Cain and Abel much. I think it's it like, might be, like, mentioned in, like, mentioned like, in a future episode, kind of but like, I think this is, like, the most you story you get about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I thought this was an interesting one because this is one of the, like, you know how a lot of the creatures and all that sort of stuff, they kind of go based off of like, you know, the actual lore. Mm -hmm. And this one is not quite it, you know, like loosely it's kind of Cain and Abel, but like, not really, not according to at least what I know of the Bible. So it's an interesting story, but anyway. Um, so this says, while filled with tragedy, the story of Cain and Abel teaches us a valuable lesson about living with sincerity. Um, through their example, we learn not how just our actions, but our attitudes matter and how devastating um, sin's consequences can be. Um, it says, after Adam and Eve were forced to leave the Garden of Eden, they decided to start a family. While the exact number of children they had is unknown, the Bible tells us that their first two boys were named Cain and Abel. When they grew older, Cain worked in the fields, planting and harvesting crops, and Abel became a shepherd. Um, As they began to reap the benefits of their new occupations, they decided to give offerings to God to show their gratitude. For his offering, Abel brought God the fatty portion of his flock, which pleased him. And that's, like, the best portion of it. You know, like, usually for, like, sacrifices and stuff, like, you don't bring the secondhand stuff. You bring, like, the good stuff, and that's what you sacrifice, right? Okay. Um... It says, however, when Cain presented God with some of his harvest, he was not pleased. Um, yet God still gave him the chance to redeem himself, telling him how he could remedy the situation. Um, and basically, he just, so it's got, oh, hold on. It says, uh, Genesis 4, 6 through 7 tells us, Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you dejected? If you act rightly, you will be accepted. But if not, sin lies in wait at the door. It is an, or Its urge is for you, yet you can rule over it. Um, It says, instead of making amends, Cain took out his anger on his brother. After he spoke with God, Cain took Abel for a walk in the fields and murdered him. Shortly after, God asked Cain where Abel had gone, and Cain tried to evade the question. But God knew the sin he'd committed against his brother and punished him. Um, Genesis 4, 10 through 12 says, God then said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are bound, and now you are are banned from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. If you um, till the ground, it shall no longer give you its produce. You shall become a constant wanderer of the earth. Like, hey, you grow things, and, like, you're not going to be able to do that anymore because you mm-hmm. screwed up, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Um, so Cain was even more distressed after hearing what his punishment was to be. However, he didn't express remorse for his actions. He was only concerned that others might want to kill him for what he had done. <laughs> Um, in his mercy, the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one could kill him at sight. Um, from And that's Genesis 4.15. It says, Cain was exiled to Nod, the land east of Eden, where he later started his own family. It says, although the Bible does not explicitly state how Cain erred in presenting his sacrifice, we can draw conclusions based on what it does not tell us. The fact that Abel gave God the fatty portion of his flock implies that he gave God the best of what he had, while the fact that no distinction is made regarding Cain's sacrifices implies that he did not offer God the best of his crop. Um, While both Cain and Abel presented a portion of their gains to God, Cain was insincere in his offering. Um, 
Rather than having a contrite heart and seeking to determine why God was not gratified with his offering, Cain jealously turned against Abel. Cain's failure to respond in humility ultimately came from his unwillingness to admit his mistakes. Instead, Cain chose to give in to his petty jealousy and continue in a pattern of arrogance and sin. Uh, The devastating results serve as a reminder of the consequences of sin. The consequences of being too proud to admit um, when we are wrong and change our ways. Cain lost his brother, was banished from his home, and was forced to wander the earth for the rest of his life. Um, It says, um, yet even Cain's exile was a reflection of God's boundless mercy. After Cain killed or after Cain murdered Abel, um, God allowed him to start a new life in a different place and marked him to prevent him from being killed by others. Um, through these acts of mercy, God reminds us that even in spite of our weakness or outright depravity, <laughs> God is a God of grace and second chances. Um, so yeah, like basically it's, so in the story of Cain and Abel, like they don't really like, it's kind of a short mm-hmm. story in the Bible, but it's like, the first murder, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, right, right, yeah. So, you know, like in Supernatural, the mark of Cain is like what Cain used. That's like his power source, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where in the Bible, it's actually a mark of protection for him, so he doesn't get killed. You know, which kind of kind of different. You know, like I guess yeah. it's a protection mark in Supernatural too, because it gives him power. But right, um, yeah, and yeah. I don't think it ever in the Bible, I think it might somewhere say something about like, it's something about the jawbone of an ass somewhere okay. in there. <laughs> okay. I don't remember. Cause when I was looking up, you know, what, um, uh, research to do, like, which, cause it, it's kind of tricky, like getting stuff from the Bible and not having it be just like, here, I'm going to read you these Bible verses. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I think I did find something that said like something about like it potentially being the jawbone of an ass, according to like Jewish. Oh, okay. Reading, maybe I don't totally remember, but um, anyways, like it could have been a rock. Like, let's be real. Yeah. When, there's a lot of things. Anybody before you just, and you're out in a field somewhere. Like I would guess that, donkey jaw bones are not you know, like, just laying there around with you it's not something that you would just find out there I mean maybe but like you know a rock is a little bit more mm-hmm. and there's <laughs> always you know the good old like hands to the throat you know oh yeah you could have just I mean, there's, there's lots of ways with hand, you yeah. know like who knows but True. at any rate like yeah it wasn't like a oh like um Abel was talking to Lucifer sort of thing. It was like, right. no, Abel did the thing he was supposed to do and Cain didn't and Cain was jealous. And so he killed him. You know, like yeah. <laughs> that's the story of Cain and Abel is jealousy mm-hmm. and murder. <laughs> so, gotcha. okay. Yeah. But anyways, I thought it was just kind of like an interesting, cause that, that is one that they don't really like stay on the same, you know, storyline as right. what. Yeah. Know. And having, you know, never, learned that story really I mean like I know the basics but like that was all news to me really you know so so that was interesting yeah Yeah. kind of fun um so what was your Ijit Nasset moment from this week 
Okay, so this happened a little while ago. Um, I, Erica and I and Killian, uh, we're going to visit Rhode Island. Um, Eric's grandpa passed away and we were going to go to his memorial. Um, mm-hmm. And um, uh, so a couple weeks before this, you know, trip, um, Eric got really sick. Well, Killian got really sick. Like his whole class was really sick. No COVID, no worries. But like, you know, still flu, fever. Yeah. Not fun. Um, the normal and, sick stuff that kids yeah. always get because kids are like Petri dishes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, he gives it to the adults and they have a much harder time with it recovering because <laughs> we're old and not as resilient. Right. So um, anyway, so Eric, it was like the middle of the week. Killian was at school and Eric had a fever. And uh, I don't know why I just laughed at that. It wasn't funny. It's very sad. <laughs> but um, I was like, hey, like, you know, I need to go to a you know an Ulta or a Sephora basically and get some like fucking makeup because like my face is not not so good looking right now you know we've been covering it up with a mask for years and like that's fine I stopped wearing face makeup you know I put mascara on and make sure my eyebrows aren't white and like that's fine but like (laughs) now like we're not going to be wearing masks I'm going to be in front of your entire extended family that who I've never met before, really, you and know. I have mask acne, you know. I know, I do. I have shit going on. Like I had been on antibiotics before, which made my chin just like explode with, you know, grossness. And I was like, I just want to make a, a a not a not gross impression. So you know, I need to go buy some some makeup. And like honestly, I don't want to do like the drugstore stuff because you can't try it on there. You know what I mean? Like, and I need, like, I need to find like an actual foundation that is my color. I'm sorry. This is going to be a story that is so boring for anyone who doesn't wear makeup. So I apologize. But (laughs) anyway, this is just the way it is. Like I've never found like a powder or like a liquid foundation that like matched me exactly. You know, I'm always like, this looks great. And then I go outside and I'm like, I'm totally like Oompa Loompa orange right now. You know, so this is not right. Yeah. This is not, flattering so I was like I'm gonna go and so I went to a store and the store had like windows like all along its sides so I was like hey like we can color match and like have the natural light and I can make sure that like I look like a regular skin tone you know <laughs> and um so Eric, he's, okay Eric's got a fever I'm like hey I need to go buy like makeup like mm-hmm. it, the expensive makeup I'm sorry but like it's gotta be the good stuff like it's gotta work you know <laughs> also like it was at a time where it was like, you know, really humid in Rhode Island. Like there was going to be some 90 degree days there at the time. So it was just like, ugh, you know, like it's got to like stay on my face. I'm going to be at this memorial. So like tears are going to happen. So it's all going to be like sweat proof. You can't be and, streaky looking. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like sweat proof and waterproof. And like mm-hmm. it's just got to it's just got to last throughout the day mm-hmm. and not smudge or flake or smear. I just I need the good stuff. And he's like, yeah. okay. He's like, I get it. Okay. So he, he takes me to the store, like, which was super nice. Oh, sorry. My throat just gave out. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. It was I've nice. Never heard my throat gave out. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it just stopped. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So he drove me, which, you know, I felt a little bad about because he's got a fever. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he drops me off and he goes do some errand and I'm in there and I'm like, okay, like, do you color match foundation? And they were like, yes. And I was like, praise the Lord above. Yeah. You know, like, okay. So like we did it. And the girl was like, okay, like, do you need anything else? I'm like, yeah, I need like a primer. And she was like, okay. And so she like finds me this primer, you know, I was like, I want to be matte and not like, 
you know, dewy. Like I need yeah. to go that route because like yeah. I-, I could do all that dewiness on my own, you know, like, yeah. like just contain my oil slick, please. You know, <laughs> so she's like, okay, here. And then I was like, okay, now I need like a, like a setting powder, you know, mm-hmm. just like the powder to go over it. And she's like, Ooh, okay, let's do like it. A setting spray or something. Yeah. You know? no. yeah. And then she gets me the powder and she's like, okay. I was like, now I need the setting spray. I was like, I just need like face hairspray, you know? And she's like, yeah. okay. And then I'm like, now I need like the brushes to apply all this. And she's like, okay. So it was just like half an hour of me like, take me to this. Yeah. So I spent like, I spent like a, a lot of money on, on makeup, a lot of money. In my defense, like I had not spent money on makeup for two years, really at that point. Yeah. Like, like the mascara I normally use is like $5. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. My, my eyebrow makeup is like $10. Like, yeah. you know, the money I spent would have been what I spent if I had continued like with my crappy orange face makeup anyway. Right. So like, yeah. Okay. Like that's how I, that's how I justified it. (laughs) So anyways, I just felt like a real big ass butt for spending a ridiculous amount of money on makeup. You know, did I trick Eric in his fever state into that? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I I feel like maybe I did and I feel bad about it, but like he let me and after he was done with his sickness. He was not mad about it. So, okay. All <laughs> there right. you go. Yeah. Okay. So Rhode Island happens and um, like, I don't know what happened. My face just like freaked out, like neck up, incredibly itchy, like no hives, no bumps, no, like, like it was fine. It was just like burning itchy fire and like Benadryl huh. didn't help. I, I just assume, you know, the pollen is different there you know yeah at that time of the year and that's what was happening but like the Benadryl was not helping which is a little weird and so at that point I was like hey I'm not gonna put all this stuff on my face so thanks for buying me all this makeup but I'm not gonna use it (laughs) well at least now you have it though so you can use it (laughs) yeah yes and I did I did like practice a couple times before we went to Rhode Island just so it wasn't like the first time in two years I put on foundation like how do I do that again ah you know, know. I've, got, yeah. I've got like a new brush and like, you know, you have to, you have to know what you're doing, especially for like an event, you know? Yeah. So anyways, I didn't even use it. So I was just an even bigger ass, but, and it was fine. It was all fine. It was lovely. Yeah. So yeah. But now you've got it and that lasts for a while. So you don't it have sure to like, worry about it, you know? And now I have like an actual color that is actually my color. So. Yeah. It matches your face. <laughs> was it $45 foundation? Yes. So it better I mean, look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. better than nothing. I Like, or better than nothing. That's better than some. Um, the one that I, so <laughs> my mom did one of those like weird, like color match things online that is oh, yeah. like the Il Maquillage. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have eyed that for a long time, but also like, I it's just 60 bucks. It's 60 bucks, but it's supposed to be amazing. But like, okay. I just can't trust like the color match from online. Right. Okay. So she got it though. And mm-hmm. like, she, you know, put in all the information or whatever. And they ask you a lot of questions. It's not yeah. just like, you know, it's like, Oh, when you are in this sort of lighting, like, what does this look like? Or, you know, like what color are like your veins? Are they more of like a purple or more of like a blue or, you know, like yeah. that sort of stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> So that way they can like match it the best they can. And like, 
apparently my mom and I have the same like undertones, all of that sort of thing, because she like came over to my house at one point and had it. And we were good because like she refuses to go out of the house without makeup, which I mean, okay, fine, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. you know, so she was putting on her makeup because we were going to go to the grocery store or something. I don't know. Yeah. And like she puts it on her face and it like matches really well. Like you can't tell that she's you know, like wearing it other than it just kind of makes her face look a little smoother. And she's like, you should try this. It might, it's probably going to be like the same, you know, it'll probably match your face too. Cause like, (laughs) she's your mom. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, like whatever. And I was like, okay. And I tried it and it actually did like it matched everything. Like I put it on and like, you couldn't tell that it was on other than my skin just looked better, you know? Yeah. It's supposed Um, to be a a really good brand. I, I haven't heard anything bad about that brand. Yeah. Honestly. Except that it's pricey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. But, like, worth it. So, at this point, like, I mean, I'm kind of like, I never wear makeup, though. So, that's the thing is it's kind of like, do I need to buy $60 makeup for the two times a year I might wear it? You know? I mean, it just depends on how long it is good for. You know what I mean? Like, does it expire after a year? Then no. You know what I mean? But, like, if you get, like, a three-year time, I truly, I need to look into that. Like, how long foundation is actually good for. But, like, I don't know. And this is awful, and I probably, like, shouldn't be doing this, but, like, I've had the same bottle of foundation for, like, I'm not going to tell you how long because it's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it still looks fine. But, like, I put it on and it's okay. I mean, it doesn't, it's not great, you know, it doesn't, it, cause it was never really like that close of a thing anyway. So, like, yeah. eh, you know, mm-hmm. but like, it works well enough depending on the time of year if I'm like kind of tan cause it's the summer or if I'm like very white because it's not, you know, like, yeah, let's be real. I'm all the time very white. I'm like, the second one up from like the whitest <laughs> that you can use, generally speaking. So like, heh, you know, like, that's so funny. It is what it is. But yeah, like, and it doesn't ever really seem to like go bad, you know, like, because mm-hmm. and again, I use it like once or twice a year, you know. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think this bottle that I've had, I've had for probably like two or three years, and it's oh, it's, that's no big deal. That's not a big deal. But I've had other bottles of the same stuff for significantly longer than that. And the reason that I bought this other bottle was not because I was out of the other one, but because I was like, it's been a long time. (laughs) I'm going to go spend the $10 on this new cover girl stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But whatever. So. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just start, you know, makeuping every day again now that like. You know, I, I'm not wearing a mask. I mean, that, to, yeah. yeah, I mean, that might change, you know, I don't know, like, but like, okay, you know, but like, honestly, like I get up and I'm like, well, what am I really doing today? Like I'm taking Killian to school yeah, and then I'm picking him up and then I'm taking him to karate and then I'm bringing him home. Like that's, that's like the, and yes, I have to like socialize with other parents in those situations. <laughs> I do, but like, yeah. you know, like I, I have my mascara on, I made sure my eyebrows aren't white, like you know, it's fine. My face is blotchy. I don't, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Really. I don't want to get up half an hour earlier to schlack my face and all this stuff just to like, you know, talk with the moms that live in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's okay if they see me like there's going to be times when they see me in my pajamas. There are times when they, you know, (laughs) drive by my house and hi, I'm in my pajamas in my yard. So, yeah, you know, I just don't care enough. I'm not going to 
take the time. Like, I literally almost never wear makeup. If yeah. I do wear makeup, it's, like, a slight bit of concealer because, like, hey, I look like I've never had sleep ever in my life. <laughs> you don't look like, like that. Like, all the time. But I do. I mean, I have dark circles under my eyes all the time. You know, like, it's just, it is what it is. But, um, you know, mascara is pretty much the most I do. Yeah, I literally <laughs> am just like. It ends up drying out before I get to use it all because, like, that's how little mm-hmm. I wear it. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're sorry we just talked about makeup for an hour. But, I mean, we are <laughs> girls and makeup happens. And... It's got to happen at some point. <laughs> I'll try to not do that again. So, <laughs> what was your itch or ass moment? Uh, okay, so speaking of faces. It's been, like, off and on sunny around here now that it's, you know, June, and, like, it's in Washington kind of trying. <laughs> it's trying and failing summer. so far, but, oh, yeah. yeah. And by that, I mean, like, currently it's raining outside and gray, and it's not freezing cold, but it's, it's but not it's getting... Not, yeah, I think, like, the highest it's going to get today is, like, 60, which is weird yeah. for this time of year really yeah, usually it's a little nicer by now but mm-hmm. hey if it means that hey prices are gonna go down because there's not a huge drought this year then that's fine with me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so like there's been a couple of days where it's been nice and I was like oh okay like I'm gonna get some sun blah 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 you know like not crazy but like you know you're always supposed to put some sort of SPF on your face you are yeah but I don't ever wear like I wear moisturizer and like that's it you know Mm -hmm. and so I didn't even think those two days of like hey maybe I should like put some stuff on my face but then also at the same time I was wearing baseball hats right so I was like my face isn't really gonna get the sun so it'll be fine okay well I've done this twice now where I was a big old legit and wore my baseball hat right so Mm -hmm. the front of my face (laughs) like my forehead and like my nose and eyes and like my cheekbones kind of near my nose yeah. Were covered. Everything else was not. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have now given myself, you know, sideburn sunburn <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> so like from like my cheekbones to like my mouth are like I would say the line from like the edge of my eyes to like the edges of my mouth. Mm-hmm. and like towards my ears is red is <laughs> white and like the first time it happened I was like oh that was dumb maybe I shouldn't do that again and then I immediately did that again like <laughs> two weeks later and like have given myself two baseball hats on burden lines <laughs> so, that's awesome yeah that it's it's not that exciting but it was pretty dumb and <laughs> I did learn and I'll probably do it again on accident <laughs> I don't think about this sort of stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. I like never do the things with my face. So like, I never remember to like do the sunscreen things because mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't. So I'm just going to go ahead and bitch real quickly about sunscreen for your face. <laughs> like <laughs> go for it. as a, as a not, you know, white person, like it is really difficult to find a sunscreen that doesn't leave you with white streaks. You know what I mean? A mm-hmm. facial sunscreen, the body shit, like, yeah. okay, I don't care. But like yeah. oftentimes the stuff you put on your body is, you know, too harsh for your face or breaks you out or whatever. So yeah. I try and go with like the actual like facial sunscreen. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, so, okay. That leaves me basically like the mineral stuff, mm-hmm. like 
not really good on my skin. Okay, so like, okay, the mineral stuff I'm, as in like the powdery or like no, the, the mineral sunscreens. There's mineral and okay. there's chemical. Yeah. Okay. So, um, mineral I think is better for you and the environment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the chemical stuff, hey, does you know better things for my face. So, uh, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah. um, um, but even so, like, okay, you're putting on your sunscreen, but like. Then what does it do? Like, if I put makeup over it, like, a lot of times it pills or piles or whatever that is off, you know, where it just, like, kind of, like, chunks into, like, little rolls. and Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that means I don't have sunscreen on my face now. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, or, like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work with whatever I'm trying to do or, like, it just, I, I have yet to find the right one. Or it leaves you looking oil slicky. And, I mean... Again, I can do that on my own. I would like to not look like that, you know? <laughs> I, yeah. Like, so it's just, it's been, it's been a fucking struggle for years trying to find, and now that I have this very expensive makeup, I have no idea what kind of sunscreen is going to work under all of that. So I have an option for you. What is that? Um, so it's the stuff that I have and it's like a green color, right? So it's very, very thick. Like you use a little bit, like you dab your finger in it, do a little water and like spread it everywhere. And then you pat it into your face. So then mm-hmm. that way it like, cause it's got like the zinc and stuff in it. So it does look a little bit white until you pat it in and then mm-hmm. it goes away. I can't, um, I, my face doesn't like zinc. Like any zinc is like breakouts for me. Totally. Well, at least I think it's zinc. I'm not totally sure. It's something mm-hmm. like that. I'll bring it if you okay. want to try it when I I'll, come over. Sure, I'll um, try it on like a little spot. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, like every time I've tried see. like the zinc sunscreen, even yeah. despite the like whiteness that it usually yeah. does leave, like I I do break out with that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and this is this is probably a little different. It, it is like it's so it's the eminence stuff. Mm, I so, don't know what that is. Yeah. It's like a skincare line, so they okay. have all sorts of different stuff, and it's like sixty dollars for this little bottle. Damn. Okay, <laughs> well, it like, better do good things. Yeah. It it does work, you know. Like it mm-hmm. it keeps me from getting you know red if I remember to actually put it on, and it doesn't make me break out. Mm-hmm. And okay. pretty much everything I put on my face makes me break out. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also though have a powder one, so it's literally like a little brush that you kind of like shake a little powder and you just like dust it over your face. Um, and so you would put that on like on top of your makeup, maybe, um, it, I, I don't know if you put it on under makeup or over makeup, I would guess over because yeah, cause then, cause then if um, you're like putting liquid over that, it would not. Yeah. Powder. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That's but cool. at any rate, the, one of the girls, so that I work with, she is part Puerto Rican. So she's got a little darker, you know, like she's mm-hmm. not like super super tan but she has got a little bit I mean she's way darker than I am you know mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> and she uses that stuff and it doesn't really have like a color or anything to it and it, she uses it all the time like that's what she uses because that's what doesn't make her face break out yeah. um and she says it works really well so cool and it's okay. just like a little powder brush that you can kind of like it's in the little container and then you kind of like shake it and like you know just spread it all over and interesting yeah really, like, I wonder yeah maybe I'll look into that I wonder what if that's like a mineral one or a chemical one I think it's mineral because eminence is like an all organic like skincare line so it's probably mineral yeah um I just haven't had luck with that in terms of like breakouts you know yeah but but maybe I mean yeah everything I found is honestly I've been going with like the Korean stuff because that those give you like hey this will make you matte you know yeah Mm -hmm. And yeah. but some of them, some of them do that, you know, just don't sit well under your makeup, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's been a struggle. 
yeah. of me and me and Amazon trying to find the right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. I'll bring the uh, the one that I have, and you can try it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, That'd be great. Um, that's definitely an option. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. I it's yeah. just, yeah, it's, it sucks. There is also like, well, there, I mean, there are like tinted sunscreens that I haven't tried to, yeah. you know, so maybe that would work, but also that just sounds like a lot of like, well, what color are you <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Like, like tinted in the fact of like, it's got one tint shade to it and it's just not white, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is filled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.